0: You're listening to DC Broadcasting, podcast produced by the radio broadcasting students at Durham College.
1: News headlines on Riot Radio.
2: Radio. I'm Stuart Bennell. These are your Riot Radio news headlines. Ontario reported 1,553 new cases of COVID-19 yesterday, bringing the seven-day average up to 1,427. Premier Doug Ford said that over 400,000 Ontarians have booked vaccination appointments to date. York Regional Police seized 73 stolen vehicles in a raid on Tuesday. The vehicles were Lexus, Toyota, and Honda Sport Utility vehicles stolen in the GTA and Montreal. Police are advising drivers to take extra precautions, including parking in a garage when possible and locking their vehicle's computer port. In sports, the Toronto Maple Leafs continue to lead the North Division of the NHL. With 19 wins, the Leafs are hosting the Calgary Flames starting tonight at 7. The Vancouver Canucks are in Montreal tonight facing the Canadians as they continue to compete for one of the North Division's four playoff slots. Riot Radio weather. Sunny today with a high of plus 5. Clear skies tonight with a low of minus 5. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 10 during the day with clear skies and a low of 3 tomorrow night. And on Sunday, sunny with a high of 12 and a low of zero overnight. It's currently plus four. For Riot Radio News, I'm Stuart Bunnell. I love
3: coffee, I love tea.
2: Hey, welcome to Coffee Break. I'm your host, Stuart Bunnell. It has come to my attention that I have never once discussed coffee on my show called Coffee Break. We're going to go into why that is, and I'm going to hope that you can forgive me in about two minutes. But first, if you like music and you like video games, there's a Durham College event for you tonight being hosted by not one, but two DCSI clubs. More on that in just a few seconds. All that and more coming up today on Coffee Break on Riot Radio.
0: Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio. This week on
2: DC Focus, DC Esports and DC Musicians Club game night. Tonight at 6, the DC Esports Club and the DC Musicians Club are hosting a collaborative game night playing Let's Sing 2019. Now if you've never played Let's Sing, you're basically just aiming to match the pitch patterns of the song. It's like karaoke, but with a computer telling you how well you're doing. I haven't played it myself, but it seems like it has a similar mechanic to doing the vocals in Rock Band and some of the later versions of Guitar Hero. I remember really enjoying this when I was a kid. The tricky part was when you weren't sure about where the song was going. This happened a lot, but judging by the tracklist on Let's Sing 2019, it doesn't seem like that's going to be too much of a problem, because there are going to be at least a couple songs that any given person will know. You've got classics like Livin' on a Prayer by Bon Jovi or Mamma Mia by ABBA. But there are some more contemporary songs as well, like It Ain't Me by Kaigo and Selena Gomez or New Rules by Dua Lipa. I promise you'll recognize something on the track list. I've never covered anything that fits me as a person more than this event. It combines the two things that I love to do in my spare time in one beautiful evening of fun. We get to play a video game and sing at the same time. This is a big part of why I enjoyed Rock Band and Guitar Hero when they were big, and it's a big reason why I keep going back to Rocksmith now. If you want to have a good time playing Let's Sing 2019, join the DC Esports Discord server at discord.gg Durham Esports and join them from 6 to 8 tonight. That's DC Focus on Riot Radio. Stay tuned, we're going to dive into my history with caffeine.
4: You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio.
2: Welcome back to Coffee Break. Stuart here with you on another glorious Friday. It has occurred to me that I never actually talk about coffee or caffeine in any capacity while we're on this show. And I think you deserve an explanation. I'm not actually a huge coffee drinker, which I know must sound like a scandal, but I have my reasons, and if you bear with me, I'll explain myself. I used to work at a popular coffee chain that will remain anonymous. I worked at a few different locations over the course of about three years, and some of the things that I saw and experienced were just not fun. Now, most of my customers and regulars were perfectly pleasant, but it's the few that weren't that made me rethink caffeine intake. I remember one day, a woman came in and asked for six coffees with four sweeteners in each. And I try not to judge people for how they take their coffee, mostly because I don't drink it myself. The issue with sweetener is that it only came in packets, whereas the sugar we could put into a machine. And on a good day, you can maybe open three packets at a time, but I found that that was pushing it. And this woman wanted me to do a grand total of 24 sweetener packets, and then she got irritated at me because it was taking too long. Now, if that doesn't sound like a caffeine addiction, I don't know what does. Now, all of this absolutely soured my opinion on coffee in general, but the truth is that I've tried it, and it kicks my anxiety into overdrive. So I try to avoid it, because that's the last thing I need. If I really feel like I need caffeine, I will occasionally drink tea. I know I'm a sham, but I hope that you can forgive me. Stick around for some sentimental talk about perseverance.
5: You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio.
2: In our first Monday class after reading week, our instructor said, Hey, you guys are almost done. Pretty exciting stuff, right? And with that, I had a bit of a moment and I had to go sit down for a couple hours. It's very similar to similar moments in my past, being this close to being done. Every time I finish a leg of my education, I end up moving away to begin the next chapter of my life. The big difference for right now is that I have no idea where I'm going or when I'm going. And honestly, it's kind of weird to have that level of uncertainty, but it's also kind of freeing to know that the future isn't set, and I know that I've grown a lot over the last couple years, and it's encouraging to see that my classmates, whether I've spoken to them for five minutes or five months, have also been growing. There isn't a single member of the class of 2021 that I wouldn't be excited to work with in a professional setting, although I'll be the first to acknowledge that it'll be really weird to see any of you in person after the year we've had. In a weird way, I think we've adapted to living in a pandemic, and maybe we don't necessarily acknowledge the difficulties that came with remote learning. We've had to either invest in new equipment or make do with what we had, not to mention not being able to work in an official studio. But despite the challenges, we haven't just managed. We have excelled. I'm immensely proud of my classmates. I'm proud of my instructors for doing whatever it took to get us the education that we needed. And I'm proud of myself for making it this far. And now I have two words that we all need to hear at this point in our journeys. Keep going. That's it for Coffee Break for the foreseeable future. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to stay tuned to hear the rest of my classmates bring you more news, campus information, and informative talk here on Riot Radio. I hope you've enjoyed another edition of Coffee Break brewed fresh just for you. Take care, stay caffeinated, and have a lovely afternoon.
1: News headlines on Riot Radio.
6: I'm Megan Hamilton. These are your Riot Radio news headlines. A driver struck a seven-year-old girl and fled the scene in Midtown Toronto on Thursday afternoon. Emergency crews were called near Maurice Kobe Public School and Community Center in the area of Bayview and Davisville Avenue. A staff member at Mississauga Elementary School is in the hospital after contracting COVID-19. The Dufferin Peel Catholic School Board confirmed the news to CP24 on Thursday afternoon. There has been no immediate word on their current situation. In sports, LeBron James is becoming a part owner of the Boston Red Sox. Well, the Lakers superstar confirmed on Tuesday night that him and his longtime business partner, Maverick Carter, are taking an ownership state in the Fenway Sports Group. Toronto Blue Jays are picking up the option year on manager Charlie Montoya's contract. He became the 13th manager in franchise history and is signing a three-year deal with an option for 2022. Riot Radio weather for Whippy, Ontario. Today will be mostly cloudy with a high of 6 degrees, but with the wind we'll feel like minus 2 degrees. Tomorrow will be sunny all day with a high of 5 degrees. It's currently minus 1 outside and very cloudy. That's all for Riot Radio news. Welcome to Spill the Tea. This is the final episode. It's been a great run, and to have you listening all this time has been more than wonderful. Stay tuned for your last drop of gossip and excitement, all coming up next.
0: Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio.
6: This week on DC Focus. As you already know by now, I like to use this time to promote small businesses and community efforts within Durham Region, as we all need a little extra support in our lives right now. I read an article that right off the bat, I knew would be the topic for today. It just fits so well. In an article written by Jeff Mitchell, he states perfectly that nothing defines a community like its response to hard times, and that couldn't be any more accurate. Major Danette Percy of the Salvation Army has stated that that they are overwhelmed with how much the community has assisted them this past year. After the pandemic hit the community hard, it reflected into an increased demand for the Salvation Army's services. Percy says that they have been averaging 10 new households a month since March of last year. This can range from seniors to vulnerable adults and families. Many members of the community have persisted and helped in every way possible over these last 12 months, and I just wanted to be able to give this story a platform, as it's incredible how when times get tough, people get tougher and use all of their care, support, and energy into helping others. A group of whipping businesses have gotten together to help promote and supply the Salvation Army with goods, donations, and more awareness in the community. This group uses the hashtag LoveLocal, which if you type into Twitter or Instagram, you can see the progression and community building together. And that's what we need. Love and support. It's been a long and dreadful year, but we can't let that stop us from being good people and for caring for the world. Just because the world seems to be against us, we can go against all the odds and still stand on top. That's all for DC Focus on Riot Radio.
5: You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio.
6: Welcome to your favorite time of the day. It's tea time! It's been a great time being able to chat with you and talk about the latest in this never-ending drama-filled world of entertainment. Since it's the last episode, I don't want to cry alone, so I'm gonna make you sit and cry with me. I want to reminisce on some of the best highlights that you and I had on Spill the Tea. Let's get right into it. So, you know my love for Stranger Things, right? Well, there's still no update about the fourth season. A bummer, I know, I know. But I remember having a good long talk with you about all the conspiracies and potential guest stars that may appear on the show, you know, if it ever comes out. But that was such a juicy conversation. I'm sure you've already heard of the show Stranger Things. And if you haven't, What world are you living in? It's only the most iconic sci-fi retro-themed TV series of this generation. We went from TV shows and movies like Euphoria and Ozark to being able to witness Biden become inaugurated as the 74th President of the United States and to witness Kamala Harris become the first woman and woman of color to stand tall as the Vice President of the United States. That's some serious woman power. Who runs the world? Girls. That's right, Beyonce, that is right. As you've probably already heard, yesterday morning, Joe Biden was officially sworn as the 46th president of the United States. And it started off on a spectacular note. The president invited many performers to add to the live broadcast, fireworks show, that definitely brought tears to people's eyes. Well, I mean, at least it did for me. On top of celebrity shows and empowerment, there's also a boatload of hardships and drama that come with the entertainment industry. Thus why I created Spill the Tea. We always need a little bit of drama in our lives, you know? Do you remember the divorce trial with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? ...on other topics, and eventually the relationship faded into the background noise of the world of celebrities. But that all changed this year when phone recordings of Heard were released to the press. It's not like I'm saying, hey, choose fight. As difficult it can be to go through a very public divorce, it's probably so much harder to learn that your career is at stake over said allegations. It breaks my heart to hear such classic names that stuck with me for the past 10-15 years of my life be turned down so terribly, such as the one and only Johnny Depp himself. Oh no, it's that time already? It's sad to say that my time is up here and our little gossip sessions have come to an end. But don't fret, as this won't be the last time you hear from me. True gossip friends find each other always. Thank you for sticking with me through the show and keep that tea brewing. You never know, you might take over the show as you've become quite the entertainment professional. Okay, I'm gonna get personal with you for a minute. I mean, I've been chatting with you every week for months now, so I'm assuming I can open up to you. That's all for Spill the Tea. Have a good
1: night. News headlines on Riot Radio.
7: Radio. I'm Valentina Barros and these are your Riot Radio news headlines. The United States plans to send 4 million doses of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine that is not using to Mexico and Canada in loan deals with the two countries. An administration official told Reuters on Thursday. Mexico will receive 2.5 million doses of the vaccine and Canada will receive 1.5 million doses. The Biden administration has come under pressure from allies worldwide to share the vaccine, particularly from AstraZeneca, which is authorized for use in other countries but not yet in the United States. All Canadians could get one dose of COVID-19 vaccine by summer, if all goes well. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has said Canada's ultimate goal has been providing all Canadians who want a shot by the end of September. However, procurement numbers show there are more than enough doses from Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca coming past the one dose per person target by the end of June. Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, has left the London hospital on Tuesday after a four-week stay for treatment for an infection and to have a heart procedure. He was admitted to King Edward VII Hospital on February 16 after he felt unwell, to receive treatment for an unspecified but not COVID-related infection. Riot Radio weather today is 3 degrees, feeling like minus 1 degree. Tonight, it will be cloudy with clear breaks in the evening, becoming mainly clear with cloudy periods overnight. And it will be 5 degrees tomorrow, and sunny in the afternoon. It is currently 3 degrees. For Riot Radio News, I'm Valentina Barros. Have you ever wanted to try Latin American food but didn't know where to find it or what to try? If you're in Toronto, La Morena restaurant has you covered. You can find everything from tamales, humitas, bolones, ceviche, bolones de plátano, and their staple dish, empanadas, with their house-made mustard and carrot sauce to go. If this sounds like a feast to you and you can't wait to try, find them at 1175 A St. Clair Avenue West or call at 437-317-0657.
2: Working from home is hard. But at least your co-workers can't drink the last of your coffee. I'm Stuart Bunnell. Join me for a Coffee Break, where we'll chat about today's headlines, music, and the hottest topics of the week. What album from your past instantly makes you feel nostalgic? Would it kill Netflix to get Criminal Minds? I'm running out of Netflix originals over here. The guitar I have is one I got for 100 bucks when I was 14. That's Coffee Break, every Friday at 1 on Riot Radio
7: what's up i'm your host valentina at creatively speaking and today is the last show of the semester and i am a little sentimental because not only is the last show of the semester but of the career year everything this is this is it (laughs) um but i'll tell you a little bit more about that in a few moments we'll talk about netflix shows that i always recommend you but up next is dc focus with news from all around the durham region
0: Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio.
7: On today's DC Focus, several tenants are in temporary housing after a fire at an Oshawa apartment building early Thursday morning. Fire crews arrive at 922 Glen Street north of Wentworth West at around 1 a.m. Oshawa Fire Services tweeted they were called to a three-story low-rise apartment for a working fire in the building. By about 2.30 a.m., the fire was knocked down. A man who fractured his heels, jumping out of a window to evade drum police, caused his own injuries, a provincial police watchdog has concluded. An, inv- an investigation into the incident, which occurred March 2nd in Blackstock, has been terminated. The Special Investigations Unit said in a statement March 18. The CIU investigates incidents of death, injury, and allegations of sexual assault involving police officers. Durham police officers arrived at a residence in Blackstock with the intention of arresting the man, and when they announced themselves, he jumped from a second floor window in an attempt to flee, the CIU said. The man landed on concrete, he was taken to hospital, where it was confirmed he had fractured both heels.
8: Innovative Talk issues in focus up to the minute right here right now and the greatest music ever made you're listening to wrich 107.2 fm informative talk classic rock
5: you're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at durham college now back to more news campus information and informative talk right here on riot radio
9: my name I love the sound I love the taste And I can see it in your face you got a
1: side You can't explain You're telling me, telling me, telling me You wanna come over You wanna be, you wanna be, you wanna be You
9: wanna be closer I love it when you wear your head down
1: over your shoulder Cause I wanna hold you
7: Welcome to the final creatively speaking show of the career. (laughs) I'm your host Valentina, and today is a sad day. It is the final show of a broadcasting school. This is the last assignment, and I'm kind of sentimental. I spoke with one of my professors today, and my oh my, where have two years gone by? I remember when I first moved to Canada just two years ago to start college life, but thanks to COVID, I got half a year, uh, right? According to my mom, now I have to do a master's degree so she can see me walk into the stage to get my diploma. But I don't think that's gonna work, mom. You know, I just don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not feeling like it. Um, but wait. enough of sad memories. I am excited because I am about to start my placement in Toronto. I'm gonna move out of my uncle and my aunt's house. It is scary, but now I get to be an adult. I guess. Um, warm weather is upon us, and summer is looking promising. I don't have any expectations in regards to vaccine covid i don't want to make um i don't want to get high hopes and then them getting crushed again but anyways uh also today i brought you two recommendations to enjoy this weekend on netflix as i mentioned before i was watching this is us if you haven't seen it it's about the pearson family and their life throughout the years starting back in 1979 we see uh, Jack and Rebecca, which are the parents. We see their relationship when they started, uh, when they started talking. They got married. They met. They started living together and getting their house and the kids. And then Kate, Kevin, and Randall arrive, which are the, the triplets that they have. But one of them is not their their own triplet. It's it's a long story. You have to watch it. Um, but yeah, we get to see the ups and downs of the family, the kids uh, being being babies then going to school middle school then high school being teenagers all the way to the future um i'm not gonna (laughs) let out any spoilers but it is a very good show i already finished all the seasons that they have on netflix they are currently five seasons um four of them are on netflix so i'm waiting for season five to be uploaded on netflix because it it, now on cable is very much uh on like episode 11 (laughs) and from the first the first episode like the first episodes are not available yet so might as well wait until Netflix delivers them to me I guess um take a listen to one of the clips from the show
1: I was not a very good brother to you was I no you were but you still got time
2: this isn't about me Randall this is about you how dare you pretend that you give a rat's ass about what anybody else wants other than you
1: You know, I used to think the worst thing that happened to me was the day that dad died. Hand to God, Randall. The worst thing that ever happened to me was the day they brought you home.
7: And for the second place, we have Operation Varsity Blues, the college scandal. As you know, the college scandal back in 2019, where celebrities like Lori Loughlin, Felicity Hoffman, and both their husbands, and many CEOs, CFOs, and COOs were involved to enroll their kids in the best universities, talking Harvard, Princeton, Brown, all of them, all the IVs in college with bribes orchestrated by rick singer a former high school basketball coach that created his own services by advising students on how to get into their dream schools by using side doors as he called them which meant making them look like athletes and with higher scores on their sats and acts Uh, but they were taken obviously by another person but they make them believe they make the students believe that they taken them and then they will uh, get another test and the person that actually knew how to do them would do it Um, and then they submitted the scores that the other person did instead of the students I mean it was all a scam it was bad Um, now uh, every respective part of the operation has gone to jail or paid time in prison even the celebrities Um, take a listen to the trailer of the show
10: friends are only talking about one thing and it's this story.
6: An FBI investigation called Operation Varsity Blues.
1: USC, UCLA. And Rick Singer. The
6: mastermind behind the entire operation. Is there any
1: risk
11: that this thing blows up in my face? Hey Rick. Hey there.
9: Is this a good time?
11: Yeah yeah it's good for me.
9: Rick I had a question for you. It's just you and me. Is that kosher? Absolutely. I just wanted you to walk me through the whole thing again and how it works.
7: That is all for today's show. Thank you so much for listening to Creatively Speaking.
1: News
3: headlines on Riot Radio. I'm Benjamin Smith, and here's what's making news this hour. Ontario is reporting the highest COVID-19 positivity rates since February 2nd. Ontario has reported another 1,074 COVID-19 cases following the latest report from Tuesday morning. The province is now looking at a 4.5% positivity rate, which is the highest rate since February 2nd. Ontario has updated the total number of administrated vaccines to 1.2 million 43,132 since 8 p.m. Monday night. And in sports today, Kyle Dubas is ready to move on from the Toronto Maple Leafs. When the Toronto Maple Leafs manager Kyle Dubras was asked Tuesday morning if he was willing to part ways with the Leafs so that he could improve his club before the April 12th trade, his immediate response simply was, yes. Kyle's simple response left reporters surprised and shocked. Dubas then discussed a couple other important topics like the Leafs goaltending and where it can be improved and here is your current weather report we are currently looking at a high of two today and some more milder weather throughout the week with a high of six on thursday and three on friday our weekend is looking very spring-like actually with the sun being out both saturday and sunday and we'll be getting a nice warm high of 12 on saturday hello everyone welcome to the show today i'm benjamin your host and today on dc focus we're going to be talking about a new burger joint that is serving some absolute must tries one of my personal favorite foods of all time is without a doubt a spicy chicken sandwich i have always been into spicy foods and this spa in whitby is looking really promising and it has me really really excited Epic Buns is located in downtown Whitby and has since opened and is thriving under the COVID-19 restrictions. Head chefs Shinrei Raj and John Allen put their two favorite dishes together into one and came up with an entirely new one, a smash burger hot chicken sandwich. They launched Epic Buns in January and have been rolling since. Epic Buns does not currently offer a storefront for customers, but is open for delivery and takeout. And owner John Allen says he's definitely open to the idea. I am definitely going to be giving this a try. Their food looks absolutely delicious. Nashville chicken is always, always great. And I've been hearing about Smash Burgers for a couple months now, and seeing one around here local is definitely leaves me hyped. They do look absolutely mouthwatering.
5: You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio.
3: Hello there. I'm Benji and welcome to Film Real News. And I'm here to talk movies and entertainment with you. And today I wanted to talk about the future of Harry Potter on the big screen and some of my favorite horror flicks you can catch on Netflix this month. It's been a long time now since Harry Potter was wrapped on the big screen with The Deathly Hallows Part 2. I'm really curious to see where the series may go in the future and... It seems nowadays that everything is either a remake or a sequel to something made years ago, but I do think that the timing may be right with this one. It may leave fans excited to experience the world of witches and wizards once again. Now, after rumors of a live-action Harry Potter TV show being developed for HBO Max, there has been a little more credibility behind it because Warner Brothers Media's Jason Killar's recent remarks made. Many theories and speculations believe Harry Potter and the Cursed Child to be the potential material that could be adapted to the big screen, or should I say small screen? Now I think that this is a good idea. I, I really do trust HBO and their art direction, and I've seen many HBO shows and productions, and I can tell they really give their creators a lot of space and wiggle room to fulfill their entire vision of any project they're doing. I personally think that this is the perfect environment for the Harry Potter universe. When it gets down to it, J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers have both denied that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child would ever be adapted to the big screen but many argue that the movie version of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child wouldn't be something that fans would enjoy and that would even be a good adaptation because of the length of the original screenplay. But it is very possible that it would fit into a perfect TV show format. So I'm going to leave you with the fact that the studio has announced a call for writers for a potential spin-off show set in the world of Harry Potter. It really could be anything and it really could just be something new they're trying to do. But I think it's a no-brainer adapting this Cursed Child screenplay because a lot of people really enjoy it. And I think it's where a lot of people want to see the universe explored a bit more. Now I wanted to talk about Netflix because I was talking earlier about HBO and how they give their writers a lot of creative freedom and... And I think in certain aspects, Netflix does it really, really well too. But to be more specific, I think Netflix does it perfectly for the horror genre. Netflix has always been my go-to when I'm in the mood for a spooky flick, and they never really disappoint me. On Netflix, I discovered many movies like The Terrorizer and Hush. Both great low budget movies that leave a mark on you. I've always been looking for more great movies like that and I always end up finding them on Netflix, a place that's always delivering. This month specifically gives us a good amount of options to choose from going forward. But now keep in mind I'm going to be telling you some of my top picks and while I now keep in mind I'm going to be telling you some of my top picks and why I love them. I'll be sharing very little from the movie's plot so I don't spoil anything for you. A good place to start is always the Blair Witch Project from 1999. It lays the groundwork of independent filmmaking that kept escalating for the next 20 years. And the Blair Witch Project was just a huge success for modern horror movies. The movie played all of its hands and hit all corners when trying to make an independent horror film. And they use a strong but small cast of young actors who are really great at what they do. And I haven't seen any movies that quite perfect the element of suspense like the Blair Witch Project has. But if you're wanting something a little more modern that has become somewhat of a Netflix classic that was born on Netflix, it's Jared's Game. This one is weird, spooky, and disturbing on so many levels, but that's exactly what makes it great. This one was released in 2016 in st- And it started a new horror genre of its own on Netflix that fans go nuts for. A lot of people were excited after this one, and they started to take take the direction of horror films and Netflix to Stephen King adaptations, which have all been really good and fans have enjoyed. One that comes to mind immediately for me is In the Tall Grass, which was really suspenseful and really great. So In the Tall Grass and Jared's Game are both movies you'll definitely enjoy if that's what you're looking for. And finally, I'm going to talk about The Conjuring Universe. The Conjuring Universe started something new for horror films and there's almost 11 films here that are either already made or going to be available and releasing very very soon. These movies for the most part are very consistent in how they use horror themes to their advantage and I always enjoy the compelling dark stories being told within this universe. If you're into supernatural horror flicks that are really, really scary, um, any movie in this collection will really leave you wanting more. Um, Me and my girlfriend really enjoy these movies, but she's way more into them than me, and I've caught on to them. I I really do like them a lot. There is still a big roadmap for these movies ahead, and we will surely be seeing new installments in the Conjuring universe for many years to come. Netflix has always been the king of horror movies on streaming services and they offer things old and new. But the thing I love most is the connection they have with the artists that make these films and perfect every single element of them. And that leaves me damn excited for what they got up their sleeve next. I'd like to personally thank you for listening. I've been Benjamin Smith on Film Real News, and I had a great time this year talking movies with all of you, and I'll surely be back for more very soon.
8: News headlines on Riot Radio. Radio. I'm Richard Evans, these are your Riot Radio News headlines. Officials with AstraZeneca have announced that they have found no correlation between recent reports of recipients developing blood clots and their latest vaccine. European regulators have agreed that their findings dispute any such connection. Premier Doug Ford warning Ontarians to remain vigilant as a third wave of variant COVID cases sweeps across the province. Ford once again reiterating his backing of findings by senior health officials in the province and across Canada. Closer to home, 48-year-old Oshawa resident Adam Strong has been found guilty of first-degree murder of Rory Hache and manslaughter in the case of Candace Fitzpatrick. Strong had pleaded not guilty to both crimes which took place between 2008 and 2017. In sports news, the CFL has issued a statement refuting recent rumors that the season will not be played. League officials insist that the 2021 season will be carried out as planned and are working towards getting provincial and federal approvals for their health plan. Riot Radio weather, temperatures remaining on the cooler side for the next few days after the higher than normal temps we enjoyed recently have given way to more seasonal values. A high of only three degrees expected for tomorrow and a high of one degree for Friday, chilly lows of minus four and clear skies expected overnight for the next couple of days. It's currently four degrees outside our studios here in Oshawa. For Riot Radio News, I'm Richard Evans. You're listening to In Context, local news and worldwide happenings right here right now. Welcome to this edition of In Context, I'm your host Richard Evans. On today's show, we'll revisit a story that I reported on earlier in the year regarding the wetlands of Durham Region. I've got an update for you there. Some comments on the recent vaccine rollout debacle here in Canada. And did you catch the Grammys this year? If you did, you were among the fewest viewers in Grammy history. All of this coming up right here on Riot Radio.
0: Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio.
8: Welcome to DC Focus, I'm Richard Evans. Throughout the pandemic Amazon has become one of the fastest growing multinational online retailers on the planet. Massive new distribution facilities have been popping up right across the country to handle the record shattering numbers of orders we've been placing, in order to make sure we have enough, well, stuff. This past week the wetlands of Durham region situated in Pickering have been spared yet again as Amazon has dropped their interest in further expansion settling for the 800,000-square-foot mega-facility currently under construction in next-door Ajax. Now, I reported on this story earlier this year, before it was publicly announced that Amazon would be moving into the new Ajax location. Now we know that they had planned to invade both Durham territories, and the environmentalists have won a major battle on this front. Steve Clark, Durham's Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing, is on the hot seat as having been the one to have green-lighted the ministerial zoning order in the first place. The TRCA, or Toronto and Region Conservation Authority, granted the order to Pickering Developments to commence construction within a provincially significant wetland, the TRCA claiming they did so under, quote, provincial duress. The province has yet to respond to this allegation. It always amazes me when a story about a conglomerate wanting to eradicate irreplaceable wetlands comes to light. It makes me wonder about how these seemingly bottomless corporate interests don't seem to mind their good name uttered in the same sentence as destruction of the ever-dwindling natural resources of our planet. Greed comes to mind. Now the issue here as I see it is kind of a catch-22. A lot of new permanent and part-time jobs are coming to the Durham region as the result of the new Amazon megastructure, at a time when so many of our small businesses are barely able to open their doors again after lockdown. From a long-term perspective, what's the writing on the wall here? I have little doubt that the complexion of retail in the Durham region, if not all over the world, has changed, and Mr. and Mrs. Small Business Owner had better start thinking about what to do next. I don't say this often, but I hope I'm wrong. This has been DC Focus, right here on Riot Radio. I'm Richard Evans. Plenty more to come.
4: You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio.
8: Welcome back to the program, I'm Richard Evans. Canada has officially begun the largest mass vaccination campaign in history. Unfortunately, the rollout is far from what most Canadians are calling acceptable, as mass vaccination has given way to mass confusion. To date, Canada has received 400 million doses of vaccine from Pfizer and Moderna, Johnson & Johnson expected in late spring, and now the AstraZeneca offering has been cleared by Health Canada. Those doses will be rolling in soon enough as well, despite recent concerns about possible blood clots found in a small handful of recipients. Trudeau has promised that all Canadians who want a shot will have one by the end of September. That's assuming there are no more manufacturing hiccups which stalled the last batch causing serious concern among most Canadians. So we have the shots. While over 60% of Canadians have indicated that they intend to get it, that number rising steadily every day as the efficacy rates are very high with few instances of serious side effects, at least on our side of the pond, the problem we're facing now is who's first in line and where do I go to get it? Many seniors 80 plus are still waiting for the doses and in many cases lining up outside for hours in the cold having made their appointment only to be turned away when the doses run out. Others are walking into their local pharmacy and getting the shot right then and there with no appointment or concern for age group. If you watch the news, it's no secret that most of us are not happy with the way the campaign's been rolled out. Trudeau and Ford left tap dancing for the media while they figure out what to say. Pop-up vaccination sites are becoming more common across the province as those in charge struggle to maintain some level of control and efficiency in a time when neither appears to be present. Nevertheless, we seem to be headed in the right direction, but communication remains the main sticking point. Currently, seniors 80 and over are being given highest priority. However, most are being asked to sign up for their vaccination online, whereas many seniors either don't own a computer or are not tech-savvy enough to navigate the menus. My 84-year-old dad will attest to that. Despite the challenges, it appears as though we're turning a corner. And there's that tiny speck of light at the end of the tunnel. We'll get there. Hang in. I'm Richard Evans. More to come. Stay tuned.
12: Welcome to Messages from Mars, the show that has it all and isn't afraid to talk about the topics that matter. From local news, Black Oshawa author Solange Burrell used the pandemic to write her first fiction book, Imagining a Better World, a world without the history of the slave trade. To entertainment... Girlfriends focuses on four strong young women who face life's ups and downs together. In other words, it's sex in the city for black women and women of color. Plus stories that are a bit out of this world. According to PETA, calling someone a chicken, rat, or pig degrades animals by applying negative human traits to them. Messages from Mars is the perfect show for those that like a little bit of everything. Join me, Marissa Ramchuran, if you like to be informed, entertained, and most importantly, represented. Remember to listen to Messages from Mars every Friday at 1 p.m. right here on Riot Radio.
8: That's Messages from Mars with your host, Marissa Ramturan, every Friday right here on Riot Radio. A little bit of something for everyone on this show. Very, very entertaining. Marissa Ramtran and Messages from Mars right here on Riot Radio. Right back in just a moment. we're back thanks for tuning in the 2021 grammys went this past sunday in los angeles with not surprisingly the lowest ratings ever for a grammy airing 8.8 million viewers as opposed to 17.5 million for the 2020 grammys needless to say COVID being the main factor a huge part of the annual draw is the red carpet coverage which of course didn't happen this year many find this aspect more entertaining and relevant than the awards themselves the performers included Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, Dua Lipa, BTS, Billie Eilish, Post Malone and Megan Thee Stallion, who took home the prize for best new artist. Hosted by the ever-popular South African comedian and talk show host Trevor Noah, despite the low viewership many regarded the lineup of live and pre-recorded performers to be the best in recent memory. Also an honorable mention is the sheer ingenuity of Grammy organizers for putting together such an entertaining show with limitations never before faced. The show this year was not without its fair share of controversy. Last year, Academy President Deborah Portnow abruptly resigned amid allegations of bullying from a former assistant and this year's president, Harvey Mason Jr., who's been widely criticized for snubbing the likes of The Weeknd. Justin Bieber complained that Changes was nominated in the wrong categories. Nicki Minaj and Zayn Malik voiced long-standing displeasure with the show and the Academy. It seems like rarely a year goes by when someone in the music world thinks that everyone got it wrong. Some things never change. Billie Eilish took home Hardware for the Record of the Year, Beyonce picked up her 25th and 26th Grammy for Video of the Year, as well as Best Rap Duet with Megan Thee Stallion. Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande's Rain On Me became the first female duet to win the Best Pop Duo category. The highlight of the evening for my money was the song of the year I Can't Breathe by the multi-talented Her. The song of course a solemn nod to the death of George Floyd last year. Another high point was the performance of Dua Lipa, who took away the prize for Best Pop Vocal Album. All in all, an entertaining show in a time when we need every positive distraction we can possibly find. That's it for this episode of In Context. Thank you as always for joining me. I'm your host, Richard Evans. Stay safe and stay healthy. We'll see you next time.
10: I'm Jaden Hurley. These are your Riot Radio News Headlines. The US is planning to send 1.5 million AstraZeneca vaccine doses to Canada. Pfizer considers increasing the vaccine price after the pandemic. Moving on to local news, a large fire destroyed an apartment building in Oshawa early this morning, leaving tenants without a home. News and sports: Toronto Raptors lose to the Detroit Pistons 116, sorry, 112 to 116. Next up, your 4-day weather forecast. <laughs> Very warm weather this weekend. Today, partly cloudy, high of 8 and a low of minus 7. On Friday, nothing but sun with a high of 4 and a low of minus 3. Moving into the weekend, a very sunny Saturday, high of 10 and a low of 0. Saturday, sunny, high of 10 and a low of 2. And even warmer to start the week off on Monday with a high of 12, mix of sun and cloud and a low of 2. Stay tuned for Jay on Air. Thank you so much for listening. This is Jay on Air. This week, we're going to take a look at the a new addition to BMW's i-Series lineup and Car of the Week. And later, we feature a fantastic Durham College columnist in DC Column Feature. Stay tuned for all that. But first, DC Focus.
0: Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio.
10: Welcome to DC Focus. This week we're talking about beer. Uh, A local punk rock band, Pup, has partnered with Whitby's Town Brewery uh, to make a, a community brew. It's a pale ale and by the looks of the photo it's very pale. It's called Scorpion Hill. A portion of the proceeds for every beer sold or for every can sold at the brewery uh, goes to Sistering Toronto. Now, the really cool thing about this brew, okay, is it uses an ancient yeast from no- Norway called Kevek, which is now gaining popularity in American brewing. You can find the ale at townbrewery.ca. On to car of the week this week, BMW has consistently Delivered impeccable design matched with revolutionary German engineering to create cars that perform well and complement comfort. The BMW i Series is BMW's response to the changing automotive industry in the way of electric motors. This i4 This i4 BMW is the third installment in the i Series lineup, making it be perfect match for the middle of the pack, following the i7 and the i3 both all of which are electric, of course, the i4 will be about the same size as a Tesla Model 3, possibly in competition with it, and housing 523 horsepower, a 0-60 to 60 time in just under 4 seconds, and a 300-mile range. But that's 53 miles less than a Tesla Model 3. But with charging stations popping up all over the place, I'm sure that's not going to be too much of a problem. BMW also says that you can use your uh, iPhone, they didn't say anything about Android, but they did say about iPhone in link with Apple CarPlay as a key fob. Now this would be fantastic uh, if it didn't mean that your BMW is going to outlast your phone, probably multiple of them, unless Apple stops making their phones garbage after three or four years. We are most likely sure to see an M performance series of the BMW i4 later on in the year. It's set to come out in 2022, and with the performance series means that it may likely star in quite a few movies. The BMW M5 series and the M2 and the M3 star in quite a few movies as well, so maybe they'll sort of start to transition this over to more the electric models. Speaking of that, on to DC column feature this week. This week's DC Column feature is from a gentleman named, excuse me uh, if I pronounce this wrong, but uh, Mustaf Azi, I believe that's correct, Mustafa Azi, um, he, he wrote an article about the NBC series Community, uh, which is a, um, a situational comedy, he said Community struggled in ratings during its sixth season run. Uh, prompting cancellation by NBC before being resurrected on Yahoo screen for its final year, but then obviously stopped. Um, he also goes on to say that Community wasn't misunderstood; it was just appreciated by far too few. Um, but I feel as though it's getting harder to write sitcoms because they have been done so well so many times, and you know, like The Office and such. And just by judging Community by the cover, it gives off an overwhelmingly large the office feel which you know might want you know some people might want to watch it but some people might just say oh hey look another version of the office that's probably not as good as the office it's like the uk version of the office you know it's like it's still the office even though community isn't the office but it just sort of feels like the office although it only has apparently it only has one camera i haven't watched community but he does go on in the article to say it doesn't use many cameras at least as many as The Office and other sitcoms do. And although um, Community may have been well-written, there are other shows that may warrant viewers' attention much more like The Office, Modern Family, and even shows that aren't even sitcoms um, like Peaky Blinders, Black Mirror, and Outer Banks. He says, Community is written in such a way that there are countless layers to be peeled back. And I feel as though that when there are too many layers in a sitcom, it makes it, too hard to follow. You know, you just want to come home, relax with a uh, pup beer from the Whitby Brewery and sit down and just have a laugh, you know? And you don't want to sit there and, you know, pretend that you're watching Tenet or The Matrix where you really have to think about what's going on. It's just more relaxing when you sort of easily follow the storyline and can put yourself in the position of the characters. When you have to sort of peel back these layers and really think about what's happening, it becomes less of a sitcom in my opinion. I just feel like it doesn't really live up to the classic sitcom. And with that, it's time to wrap up Jay on Air, but stay tuned for other shows on Riot Radio as there are plenty, and they are fantastic. Take
12: care, and I hope you have a fantastic day.
1: News headlines on Riot Radio. Radio.
12: I'm Marissa Ramtran. These are your Riot Radio news headlines. A white gunman was charged on Wednesday after he killed eight Asian Americans at three Atlanta area massage parlors. The 21-year-old Robert Aaron Long told police that the Tuesday attack was not racially motivated and claimed that he has a sex addiction, which caused him to lash out at sources of temptation. The attack sent terror through the Asian American community, as it has been increasingly targeted during the coronavirus pandemic. Officials say that they are still unsure of the motive behind the attacks and are still investigating. Toronto is launching a new initiative to help people living in some of the city's biggest encampment sites to move into city-run hotels. The Pathway Inside program will help people living at Moss Park, Alexandra Park, Trinity Bellwoods and Lamport Stadium to transition to indoor shelters at temporary city-run hotels across the city until they can obtain permanent housing. The city is aiming for these encampment residents to move to the newly opened hotel programs by April in sports the portland trailblazers defeated the new orleans pelicans 125 to 124 and the boston bruins defeated the pittsburgh penguins two goals to one for riot radio weather today it'll be cloudy with some showers with a high of seven and a low of minus eight and tomorrow we'll see lots of sun with a high of four and a low of minus five it's currently three degrees for riot radio news i'm Marissa Welcome to Messages from Mars. I'm your host, Marissa Ramchurand. Coming up on today's DC Focus, I'll be highlighting two events that are happening in the Durham region that need your support. And later on, it'll be a very feminist-heavy show, as I'll be discussing two stories that revolve around women's rights and autonomy over our bodies, with the murder of Sarah Everard as well as the abortion stand that is taking place in Jamaica. Stay tuned.
0: campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio.
12: Durham Library's Battle of the Books is back. The redesigned event still promotes a love of reading in elementary schools, but the challenge has moved online due to the pandemic. Battle of the Books now includes schools, classes and friends, homeschool groups, and families learning in new ways. The challenge was cancelled last year due to the COVID-19 school and library closures. Now in 2021, Battle of the Books is back with a new twist. The event, offered in partnership with local schools, challenges hundreds of students from dozens of schools across Durham region each year. Initially launched in 1991 by Ajax Public Library, Battle of the Books has grown to include all of Durham in an annual event with local and regional competitions at both junior and intermediate levels. The public libraries of Ajax, Brock, Clarington, Oshawa, Pickering, Scugog, Uxbridge, and Whitby participate in Battle of the Books, which is sponsored by TD Bank. By using the new online platform, readers can join individually or as part of a team, read from a curated book list, submit reviews of books from their reading list, tackle a variety of challenges to test their knowledge, and more. Battle of the Books launched in February, but readers can join until Friday, April 30th. To register the elementary student in your life, go to www.bookbattle.ca. Next on DC Focus is how La Jeunesse Youth Orchestra won't let COVID-19 stop their annual In the Spotlight concert. The young orchestra members have worked hard all year, in small groups and virtually in video rehearsals, to bring the concert online. Conductor Lori Mitchell said that through diligence, dedication, careful planning, and determination, they were able to keep the music alive this year. Orchestra members range from ages 11 to 19 and come from Durham and Northumberland. The Spotlight Concert will feature orchestra members as soloists. The In the Spotlight Concert is on March 20th at 2pm. For more information on tickets as well as the orchestra, visit www.ljyo.ca. That's Stacey Focus right here on Riot Radio.
4: You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio.
12: This is Messages from Mars. I'm Marissa Ramtran. Thank you for listening. On the evening of March 3rd, 33 year old marketing executive Sarah Everard disappeared in South London. Sarah went missing after leaving a friend's house near Clapham Common to walk home to London's Brixton Hill at around 9 pm. The walk would have taken Sarah 50 minutes to complete, but she never made it home. Sarah was seen walking on a doorbell camera and on the dashcam of a passing police car. She spoke to her boyfriend while on her walk. Promising to meet him the next day. She also made sure to stay in well-lit areas Sarah did everything a woman has to do while walking home alone and still she never made it home After Sarah failed to meet her boyfriend on March 4th, he contacted police On March 10th police searched a woodland area and found human remains in a large builders bed On March 12th, Sarah's body was identified through dental records On march 9th kent police arrested 48 year old wayne cousins a metropolitan police constable and firearms officer in london since then cousins has been charged with the kidnapping and murder of sarah everard once the end to sarah's tragic story was revealed the response was felt across the world silent vigils were held outside the metropolitan police's new scotland yard headquarters sarah was kidnapped and murdered yet no one really knows why she was killed by someone that is in charge of protecting the public and yet there is no explanation for her senseless death for women around the world what happened to sarah is just a reminder that we don't have the luxury to live our own lives freely because for some reason There are men out there who believe that they have a right to our bodies. If you read the story of Sarah Everard and the first question that popped into your head was, well why was she walking alone at night, then this message is for you. Women should have the right to live our lives without fear of danger. Instead of asking why a woman wasn't proactive, why don't you consider why women have to change the way we operate in certain situations. Why must we protect our drinks at all times? Why do we go to the bathroom with three of our friends? Why do we hold our keys in between our fingers like a claw when we're walking to our car? It's because we're always a target. The harsh truth is that until men start holding each other accountable for their actions and start making real change, women will always live in fear.
5: You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio.
12: Welcome back to Messages from Mars. Thank you for listening. Countries in the Caribbean are known for their beauty, music, food, and hot weather. People from all over the world flock to the Caribbean to vacation and escape their realities. They view the Caribbean as a paradise and hardly, if ever, concern themselves with the issues that may be going on. For Caribbean people, also known as West Indians, we try our hardest to ensure that our issues and problems are shared on a wider scale. We saw it with Andrea Barrett and the gender-based violence crisis that is happening in Trinidad and Tobago. And now we're seeing it with Jamaica and the hashtag abortion In Jamaica, there is a very real crisis going on for women. Abortion has been illegal for a very long time and has led to cries for change from women of all ages. Women in Jamaica are fighting for autonomy over their bodies, for their rights to choose which procedures they go through and how to navigate throughout their own reproductive health. Unfortunately, in Jamaica, Religion is strongly tied into their laws and government, which has allowed an anti-abortion stance. Women who are seeking to abort pregnancies are described as barbaric and savage, when their only crime is daring to safeguard their own God-given freedom to exercise autonomy over their own bodies. Women should have the right to choose what happens to their own body. And the women in jamaica are not getting this choice these women just want gender equal laws that protect the reproductive rights of women they also want to provide access to safe abortion services as a fundamental and legal right of women in jamaica according to the human rights watch where abortion is safe and legal no one is forced to have one but in a place like jamaica where it is illegal and unsafe women are forced to carry unwanted pregnancies to term or suffer serious health complications and even death approximately 13 percent of maternal deaths worldwide are attributed to unsafe abortions there is a movement on twitter that is trying to educate the masses but how do you take down decades of patriarchy it's not easy and it can't be done without help from the diaspora, as well as everyone else. Once again, thank you for listening. I'll see you next time on Messages from Mars on Riot Radio.
1: News headlines on Riot Radio.
13: I'm Simon Gerda, and these are your Riot Radio News headlines. 3 mass COVID-19 immunization clinics opening today in Toronto. Public health officials are urging St. Patrick's Day revelers to follow physical distancing and other anti-pandemic guidelines today. The main concern is that gatherings and celebrations could turn into COVID-19 super spreader events. Some provinces and cities have put new restrictions in place. Others will rely on existing measures. The Irish Embassy in Ottawa is holding a virtual event instead of a traditional reception. British Columbia has ordered bars and restaurants to stop serving alcohol at 8 p.m., while pubs and Latin Canada will be closed or have limited seating. Despite some predictions that the pandemic might cause Canadian real estate prices to pull back, the housing market continues to heat up, with activity spreading beyond the urban markets where it's been the strongest, says one economist. The Canadian housing market has seen prices gain steadily for more than a decade now, particularly in major cities such as Toronto and Vancouver, but in the extreme price and activity growth in those markets is now increasingly showing up in smaller communities. In sports, Sadik Bay had 28 points and 12 rebounds, and the Detroit Pistons overcame Norton Powell's 43 points to beat the Toronto Raptors, 116-112. to 112, On Wednesday night, ending a four-game skid, Bay, who led to all the rookies in three-pointers, was 6-of-12 from behind the arc for Detroit, which had lost to 10-of-12. Dylan Wright added 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists, and Jeremiah Grant had 23 points. The Pistons out Toronto 54 to dirty Adam Goddard scored in a shootout to lift the Vancouver Canucks to a 3-2 victory over the Ottawa Senators on Wednesday. Bo Horvard had a goal and an assist, while Brooke Boozer also scored in a regulation for Vancouver. 15-16-3. Ryan Dingzell and Josh Norris scored for the Senators 10-30-3, who lost goaltender Joey Duckard to an injury in the third period. The Canucks' victory was their third in a row, sixth in their last seven outings and fifth against Ottawa this season. The Senators' Senators' meanwhile, have won just twice in their last nine games. riot radio weather, cloudy becoming a mix of sun and cloud near noon with a high of 11. Tonight mainly cloudy, 40% chance of rain overnight with a low of plus one. Tomorrow mainly cloudy, 40% chance of rain early this morning with a high of seven.
0: Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio.
13: How you all doing today? And this is Simon Gerda and welcome back to the Kick Back and Relax show. Coming up on the show today on DC Focus, we are talking about small businesses in Durham. Yes, guys, if you guys own a small business or work in retail or even at home, you need to have it sanitized and clean at all times. And that's what small businesses in Durham are lacking. Durham's health department website paints a picture of many businesses struggling to meet the current COVID-19 safety requirements. Aside from that, who didn't want the 2021 Grammys? Because if you didn't, don't worry. All you got to know is that I'm about to share some exciting news about Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion up next we have more exciting news if you are a marvel fan then you're definitely going to love this an all-new gay captain america is coming to marvel comics yes what a marvelous and open-minded concept i'm definitely excited for this and i have a lot more to share about the character so keep tuning in On DC Focus this week, a list of small and medium businesses inspections cited COVID-19 infractions in Durham from late February to early March. The reports uploaded to Durham's Health Department website paint a picture of many businesses struggling to meet the current COVID-19 safety requirements. More than 70 Durham businesses and inspection reports that flagged COVID-19 concerns. These examples range from small home-based Caterers dinged for not having a safety plan prepared to franchise pizza restaurants, not ensuring proper cleaning and sanitizing. Sub-business owners only had one issue and were able to correct it while the inspector was still on site. Other businesses were left with a long list of corrections to get done before the follow-up inspection. It would be impossible to list each business inspected, but collectively, the reports paint a picture of where germ businesses have been told to improve to operate safely during the ongoing pandemic. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio
5: and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus
13: information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio. Welcome to the Kick Back and Relax show with Riot Radio, I'm Simon Gerda and thanks for listening and hanging out with us. We're gonna go straight into the Grammy Awards, so recap, Lil' Kim is celebrating Beyonce and Megan Stallion for their groundbreaking night they had at the 2021 Grammys on Sunday. The rap legend shared an Instagram post Monday night writing a heartfelt note to the two artists after a song, Savage, won the Best Rap Performance and Best Rap Song categories, screaming congratulations to the two beautiful queens she wrote. The Crush on You rapper recommended Megan Stillion for her work ethic, calling her an amazing talent. She also included a sweet note about the artist's mother, Holy, who died in March 2019. Always keep your head up high in the sky and know how you've made your mommy proud. Lil' Kim then addressed Beyoncé, calling the singer her Queen Bay soul sister. That's right. Beyoncé and Megan Thee both made waves at the Grammys on Sunday. Savage earned them a Grammy for the best rap performance before the broadcast even began. It was Megan Thee Stallion's first ever Grammy. She took home total of three Grammys this year, including a win of the Best New Artist category. Well, she definitely deserved that. Her win marked for the first time a female rapper won in that category since Lauryn Hill took home the Grammy in 1999. Later that night, Megan Thee Stallion joined Cardi B for a show-stopping performance of the song, WAP, Beyonce won four Grammys, bringing her total wins to 28, which broke the record for the most Grammy wins by a female artist. Lil' Kim and Beyonce have publicly shown their admiration for each other before. In 2017, Beyonce memorably channeled five of the rapper's iconic looks for Halloween.
4: You're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot
13: Radio. It's the Kickback and Relax show and coming up next, Marvel Comics has just introduced a brand new hero to wield Captain America's shield, a game team from the railways named Aaron Fisher. Marvel Comics had unrevealed a new hero that will become the latest version of Captain America. As the United States of Captain America will introduce Aaron Fisher, a gay teenager who will wield the shield. The series will see everyday people from across the United States becoming Captain America and the first issue will showcase the new Marvel hero. The United States of Captain America is written by Christopher Cantville with art from Dale Elsgam. In each issue, the pair will be joined by additional care- creative teams who will help introduce new characters in the Captain America role from across the United States. The series will see Captain America's shield being stolen and him having a travel to country in order to find the culprit. Along the way, he'll encounter a group called the Captains, people who take up the iconic hero's role. The series will feature four of the most famous Captain Americas, including Steve Rogers, Bucky Barnes, Sam Wilson, and John Walker. On Monday, Marvel Comics revealed more details about the United States of Captain America number 1. The issue will be co-written by Cantwell and Josh Trudillo with Art of El Gamsan and Jan Belson. Fisher will be from the railways and as described, a fearless teen who stepped up to protect those around him, including fellow runways and unhoused. Trujillo revealed that Fisher is very much inspired by heroes and the queer community, including activists, leaders, and everyday folks pushing for a better life. He added Fisher stands out for the oppressed and forgotten. Check out the variant cover for the series by Nick Robles. Bazalda also done a design variant cover for the comic. In the image, you can see some elements of Fisher's costume. He got a mask similar to Captain America's as well as On Star for his overalls. Fisher has a nose ring as well as an American flag tattooed on the side of his arm. Without the mask, he has multiple piercings and undercut hair. It's going to be really fascinating to see how Fisher fits into the upcoming story and how he defends the railways as Captain America. It's also going to be a lot of fun to see a Captain America interact with other heroes like Aaron who themselves are their own versions. Of their heroes and their communities. It would be really great to see Fisher in a role beyond a singular story, but whether it really appears again depends on how people react to this first appearance. The United States of Captain America number 1 will hit comic shops on June second, twenty 2021. Thanks for listening and see you guys soon on the Kick Back and Relax show on Riot Radio.
14: Welcome to The Zach Show on Riot Radio. This week on The Zach Show, we will bring you news, sports, weather, and a D.C. region News headlines on Riot Radio. I'm Zach Kingston, and this is a Riot Radio news update. The White House says that it plans to send 1.5 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine from the U.S. to Canada. EU drug regulator backs AstraZeneca Oxford COVID-19 vaccine as safe after an investigation. This investigation was a result of blood clots that were thought to be caused by the vaccination. And Canada says it's being locked out of the trials for the two decayed Michaels, Canadian Michaels, in China, Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavier, whose trials are on this coming Friday and Monday. Yesterday, the Blue Jays lost to the new york yankees one to nothing as well the toronto raptors lost to the detroit pistons 112 to 116 all teams are off tonight for toronto sports teams and will pick up again tomorrow the blue jay start is off at 105 at the detroit tigers then the maple leafs will play host to the calgary flames at 7 p.m and then finally the utah jazz will be hosted by the toronto raptors at 8 p.m for your durham region weather it is currently seven degrees outside and cloudy coming up next we'll be discussing a scugog service club raising funds for our port perry hospice center
5: you're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at durham college now back to more news campus information and informative talk right here on riot radio
14: Welcome back to the Zach Show on Rye Radio. I'm your host Zach Kingston. Welcome back. I'm your host Zach Kingston. The Skugak Service Club has contributed to Port Perry's hospice center that is being built. The Rotary Club of Port Perry has pledged one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the hospice care, Oak Ridge's hospice care that is being currently built in Scugog. The Scugog service, they pledged $150,000 towards the Port Perry Palliative Care Center, raising those funds through community events such as the Rotary Club's annual rib fest and spring auction. The Rotary Club of Scugog is proud for community support in helping us meet our necessary fundraising commitments. The many community volunteers, sponsorships, cash donations, and the months of hard effort made by the Rotary members and their family. Made RibFest possible for our community, said uh, a Rotary Club press release. We had so many folks committed to the great work we do in our community. What an asset in having the first Durham hospice care being built right here in Port Perry with excellent food service and beverages and entertainment that we serve throughout the Ribfest event. So the construction of this hospice care center is located beside the Immaculate Conception Catholic Church at 1710 Skugark Street. And it wrapped up in January after the completion of the $8.6 million capital cost fundraising campaign. And it is expected to open this April with eight beds. For more information on the Oak Ridges Hospice Center in Port Perry, you can visit www.oakridgeshospice.com. Coming up next, we'll be discussing local experts' businesses supporting the Experge Lows and Fishes Food Bank during this difficult pandemic.
4: You're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio.
14: Support from local businesses has kept the Oxbridge Lows and Fishes Food Bank afloat during this difficult year. PharmaSave raises more than for Lowe's and Fishes, locally operated business and our social, cultural and economic heart of the community. Unfortunately this past year has left many unsure if they can continue. The Uxbridge Lowe's and Fishes Food Bank credits area businesses for their crucial support during this difficult year. When the pandemic began in March of 2020, the food bank says it was hit hard since many of our volunteers were high-risk seniors. Organizers had to rethink how the facility operated, which included limiting donations to appointment-only and pre-packaging food bundles for clients, coupled with an increased need of across all sectors of the community due to the economic impacts of COVID-19. The situation could have deteriorated quickly, but area businesses stepped up immediately. PharmaSave stepped up first, said Heather Stover, Donation Coordinator at Lowe's and Fishes, noting having PharmaSave as a drop-off point offered more flexibility for those who wanted to donate. When I saw on Facebook that there might be short staff because volunteers were high risk and it might be difficult to drop off at their location, I said, you know what? We're right across the street, said Samir Remtula, owner of the pharmacist at PharmaSave in Oxbridge. He approached the building Lancelord and was granted keys to empty unit beside the pharmacy where donations began piling up quickly. In the last month we collected about three hundred thousand dollars in cash and that was when we said we can have fun with this we can make this bigger the fundraiser kicked off with Remtula pledging to shave his beard off if the fundraising goal was met but donations poured in so quickly he upped the ante with a promise to shave his head from there, his fellow pharmacist, Sherry Duchenko joined in, sacrificing her own looks to the cause. And when that goal was met, Uxbridge Mayor Dave Barton joined in to shave his head as well. By the end of the nearly two-month campaign, Remtula and others had raised more than $38,000 for Uxbridge's Lowe's and Fishes food bank. It's unbelievable when you think of how a little spark of an idea turned into a giant snowball, said Stover. Pharmacies headed it up, but the community really stepped up, supported it, and jumped at the opportunity to give back. The fundraiser wasn't the only support the food bank received. The food bank received support from other small businesses and continues to. PharmaSames continues to act as a drop-off point for Food Bank and also raises funds through donation of homemade masks, which are offered to customers for a donation to the Food Bank. So the Trail Capital of Canada, I.D.A., also joined Farmers Save by offering a drop-off point for the food bank, and read several fundraisers. Local grocery stores, Vincent's and Zares, also collected donations in store, with Vincent's offering a donation bags that the store says come into the food bank every week. So many businesses and organizations and individuals have supported us so many ways, and everything is helps. Big or small, according to Stover. She said we are so lucky to have this kind of support. So, owner of Keith Flowers Shop, Christina Curry, and the chair of the Uxbridge BIA, notes that small and independent businesses and their owners have a special connection to their community that larger corporations may not have. Our small businesses are the backbone of our community, and our store owners and property owners often are our friends and our neighbors, so we support them. When you're looking for donations to sports teams, sponsorships, charitable donations, and anything like that, who steps ups? It's the small businesses. We support the community that supports us. Coming up next, we'll be discussing virtual tours of Durham farms, as well as Ajax COVID-19 numbers taking a dip in the Durham region COVID numbers.
0: Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio.
14: virtual tours of Durham Farms begin March 18th. That's right, Durham Farm Connections is to offer Facebook Live tours through 2021. Durham Farmers will offer a glimpse behind the scenes of the agricultural sector with Facebook Live tours that begin March 18th. Durham Farm Connections will present the virtual tours which will each be hosted by a farmer who will share the beyond the farm gate view of the various types of farms in operation across the region. Tours will be broadcast live on the Durham Region Farm Connections Facebook page and will be also available for on-demand viewing up to one week after the initial broadcast. More than. 15 tours will be offered, and it will start on March 18th at 3.30 p.m. They will also continue right through until the end of 2021. Featured farms will include the following. Beef cattle farms, maple syrup, eggs, greenhouses, field crops, dairy, apple orchards, sheep, peas and strawberries, hay, herb, specialty teas, wheat, apple cider, field vegetables, as well as fruits and flowers. Those are all the different types of farms that will be featured. And so as appreciation to the farm hosts for their time in allowing Durham Farm Connections to do this, a a donation will be made for each tour to a Durham Region food bank by Durham Farm Connections. Durham Farm Connections is a subcommittee of the Durham Federation of Agriculture, an organization representing more than 1,100 farmers. For more information, visit www.durhamfarmconnections.ca. The Rotary Club of Curtis is overwhelmed by communities caring. So local operated and owned businesses are the social and cultural economic heart of the community. Unfortunately, this past year has left many unsure if they can continue. Despite a hard year for the Rotary Club of Curtis, it found a way to support local patients and give residents a way to connect with the community during the COVID-19. We think it's important that people see how fantastic the community is, said Mary Weiser, past president of the Rotary Club of Curtis. We've been overwhelmed by the generosity and how desperately people need to feel that they are doing something proactive and helpful. Before Christmas, the Rotary Club of Curtis learned patients at Ontario Shore Centre for Mental Health Sciences needed lap blankets. The small service club had just two weeks to make the blankets. They posted on Facebook asking crafters to help make 30 lap blankets by mid December. The Rotary Club bought wool and dropped off supplies to willing volunteers. Within 48 hours, local residents had promised handmade lap blankets and not just the 30 that they were looking for, but 42. It all started because they needed 30 lap blankets. And the community responded, said Visor. Rotarians support local and international charitable organizations. The small service club currently has 16 active members and 6 honorary members. The membership is made up of a range of professions, but many are current or retired small business owners. As a small business owner, I think it's important to be involved in our local community as much as possible. It is a two-way street. Helping to build a vibrant community is the main goal, but making contacts and being visible in the community can also help build the business. And this is all according to Evan Lennell, owner and photographer of Magic Portraits and Curtis Rotarian, and she said this via email. All right, so the Rotary Board of Directors is primary local small business owner, and it was formed in 2002, explained Visor. She feels Rotary allows local businesses to support their community and compels the community to support local business. Last year took a toll on the club. Four active members resigned due to financial and personal impacts of COVID-19. Five fundraisers scheduled from March to November 2020 had to be canceled, leaving the club without revenue to fund local projects. My business involves mostly group photographs done on location. I do family portraits, special events, dance school photographs, and daycare class and individual photographs. My business grounded to a halt with COVID-19, Linnell explained. The club auctioned items for the DOOM 2020 fundraising event online to buy gift baskets for Ontario Shores General Psychiatry Unit patients. The new year brought new ways for Rotary to support the community. In January, the club organized another community craft-along to help make lap blankets for the patients at the RS McLaughlin Cancer Center. It's a little piece of the community, a little piece of love, said Visor. Again, the community overwhelmed us. Within 22 hours, we had to post that we had no more kits. By March, approximately 100 blankets created by crafters and durhams were delivered to the Cancer Centre and Ontario Shores and Hearth Place Cancer Support Centre. The Curtis Rotary Club also delivered more than 100 infant hats to the Coburg Hospital, offered baby hats and sweaters to young mothers supported by Rose of Durham, and gave adult hats to patients at Hearth Place and the Cancer Center. People started messaging us on Facebook and thanked us for giving them a way to give back, said Visor. We're trying to thank the community for their outpouring of support and we can get get our thank yous out. They're too busy thanking us. For more information on any of these events and fundraisers that took place this year or the crafting, you can visit the Rotary Club of Curtis's Facebook page. For the second straight day in a row, there has been a drop in the number of active COVID-19 cases in Ajax. The drop on Wednesday, March 17th was slight, as two fewer cases were active. The number of active cases in the Durham region is now 105, according to the Durham region's health department tracker. Of those with the virus, 95 are in self-isolation, 10 are in hospital, and 4 are in intensive care. Ajax is facing a significant increase in cases in the last 10 days, with cases going from 57 on Friday, March 5th, to to more than 80 by the following Monday, and the number of cases has remained high since then. Since the pandemic has started, Ajax has had 3,642 cases, while the count has been higher recently, the number of deaths in community has remained at 51, including 33 in long-term care facilities and retirement homes. So, since the beginning of the pandemic, the Durham region has had 12,565 cases since the beginning of the pandemic. This includes the new 311 that are reported on Wednesday. One additional death has been reported, bringing the deaths to a total of 302. Most of the Durham region's deaths have come from long-term care facilities or retirement homes, and this number is 217 people have died in those institutions. In other Durham region municipalities, Pickering has 71 active cases, an increase over the 62 on Tuesday. Whitby and Oshawa both had 54 cases each, while Clarington had 23. And the three northern communities, Brock, Uxbridge, and Scugog Township, had a combined five cases. That was the Weekly Zach Show on Raya Radio. Thank you very much for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. Have yourself a very great week
1: news headlines on riot radio Radio. i'm michael bryan
9: and these are your riot radio news headlines ontario has logged more than 1500 new covid 19 cases for the second day in a row on thursday health officials reported 1553 infections as well as 15 more deaths related to the disease The province reported 1,508 cases of the novel coronavirus on Wednesday, 1,074 on Tuesday, and 1,286 on Monday. The seven-day rolling average of new cases now stands at 1,427 up from 1,251 one week ago. In sports, the Toronto Raptors took on the Eastern Conference Worst Detroit Pistons last night and lost 116-112. to Norman Powell had a career-high 43 points in the losing effort. The Raptors now sit 11th in the Eastern Conference. Next, they take on the Utah Jazz Friday night at 8. Bright radio weather. Today is mostly cloudy with a high of 7 and a low of minus 7. This evening, temperatures are dipping down to right about minus 3. Tomorrow is sunny with a high of 4 and a low of minus 3. It's currently 6 degrees. For Rye Radio Weather, I'm Michael Bryan. Welcome to Spot A Pod. I'm your host, Michael Bryan. On today's show, we're going to talk about my grandfather and the Tritonica, a ship he salvaged years and years ago. That's all coming up today on Spot a Pod on Riot Radio.
0: Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio.
9: A Whippy nursing home is being sued for $30 million after a serious COVID-19 outbreak that left 30 residents dead. Law firm Will Davidson has launched a class action lawsuit on behalf of all the residents at the home. A large outbreak at Sunnycrest started in late November during a second wave of the pandemic. Faced with rising infections, Lake Ridge Health was eventually called in to take over the home. The declared outbreak didn't end until January 1st. Over the course of the outbreak, 195 cases were reported 117 residents and 78 staff lawyers for the residents and their families say it's simply inexcusable that sunnycrest was not better prepared to protect vulnerable residents more than nine months into the pandemic they note data that shows more than half of ontario's nursing homes did not report a single death due to COVID 19. Ontario's Special Long-Term Care Commission also had early concerns about Sunnycrest and discussed the home a number of times. There have also been mounting calls for a full inquiry into the home. The suit claims gross negligence, wrongful death, and breach of contract. Traditional Teaching with Kim Wheatley Kim will be available via Zoom for students to meet privately with her from 10 to 12.00. She will then go into teaching of her choosing from 12 to 1, and again from 1 to 2 for private sessions. To see availability or schedule a time with her, just email Julie, our indigenous coach, at juliepigeon at durhamcollege.ca. This all takes place March 18th. That's DC Focus right here on Riot Radio. So I thought I would finish off a Pod by talking about My all-time hero, my grandpa, Kenneth Desmond Bryan. Uh, People who really knew him, knew him as Ozzy. He was born in Brisbane, and unfortunately he passed away uh, a couple years ago, uh, two years ago, um, due to complications uh, while he was uh, taking dialysis. Which, if anyone knows what that is, it's just essentially they, they kind of, like, your blood is kind of muddied, and they kind of just swap it out, and they have it hooked up to this machine, and then it's kind of swapped out and kind of refined, recleaned, and all that. And, and essentially, once you go on it, it's, it's, uh, kind of hard to get off, I guess. I guess is the best way to put it. But he always had these, uh, these tall tails, and, uh after he passed he gave us well he gave us his book a while ago um it's diving true diving stories and other lies and uh just been going through and reading some of these stories and understanding him a little bit more and it is <laughs> some of these stories are 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 very funny some of these stories are very serious um this story is uh, about the Tritonica. Now, I'm not gonna read everything because I don't have that much time. There's it's a it's a longer story, but um, the wreck of the Tritonica. Um, I'll just kind of go over some of the some of the key points. Is uh, the Tritonica was a 2,600 iron ore carrier, which was headed down the uh, or sorry up the St. Lawrence River and heading for Quebec. Um, and this happened on July 20th 1963 when it was heading upstream just before 2 a.m. in a very dense fog and uh, heading up against the current and uh, so they were already late. They were expected in Quebec City in in about 6.30, yeah, at about 6.30 and so before they got there, they open up all the hatches, all the side hatches, so that when they got there, they would be able to, um, you know, uh, get there. And, and not to mention, it's July, it's probably hot too, but they wanted to uh, make sure that they could uh, get all their uh, cargo out as quickly as possible. I'm trying to cut corners, right? And so they were heading upstream and they ran in, they kind of became parallel to uh, the ship, ship, this oncoming ship, the Swedish ship. And they hit it. And because of all the ports that were open, they sunk in about, like, about 10 minutes. And... uh, Yeah, so only six people survived of the 33 crew and we have hung on to um, this bell that we've had for a long time and so I thought that it would be nice just to you know, kind of finish off by uh, by ringing the bell for my grandfather and uh, finishing off with a little bit of a song so i hope you've enjoyed spot a pod this semester um i've enjoyed making them i feel more and more confident as we keep going along and unfortunately this is the last one so thanks for listening this has been spot a pod i've been michael brian and this
1: is all I'm radio News headlines on Riot Radio. Radio.
11: This is Adrian Garcia with your Riot Radio news this hour. Prime Minister Trudeau is making March 11th, 2020, a remembered day when life in Canada changed. Trudeau was delivering a speech in the House of Commons on Thursday when he said 2020, a heartbreaking year with much loss. Canadians have showed persistence, solidarity, and compassion. Thursday marks the one-year anniversary of the World Health Organization declaring the novel coronavirus a pandemic. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole has also honored lives lost in his own speech to Parliament and recognized the unintended mental health and economic consequences of the pandemic. He also thanked frontline healthcare workers who he said helped him personally. O'Toole and his wife tested positive for the virus in September 2020. In sports... Kyle Lowry announces his intention to stay as a Raptor amid trade rumors, despite the current hardships facing the team. With five of their players still out for the league's COVID safety regulations and the trade deadline around the corner, it signals a bit of stability to the rocky year that the Raptors have been facing. Also, a point guard, Kyle Lowry said he intends to retire as a Raptor one way or another, no matter what happens. Lowry's jersey will be in the rafters one way or another. And now for your Riot Radio weather. Expect to see some rain today with a high of 14 and a low of 0. Tomorrow expect some more cloudy weather with a high of 8 and a low of minus 7. It's currently 5 degrees. I'm Adrian Garcia for Riot Radio News. hey hey it's me your host adrian garcia on durham's corner on today's show we're going to be talking about coca-cola and how its addictive taste and sugar got a certain soviet field marshal addicted to its classic taste so stick around for that right here on riot radio and now for your DZ focus
0: News, events, people, and places. This is DC Focus, Focus. where Durham College shares news about the Durham Durham region.
11: region. I'm Adrian Garcia with your DC Focus this week. More than $231,000 in drugs were seized and two men were arrested and are facing several drug trafficking charges in Oshawa. The pair were discovered by Durham Police as investigators from the Gun and Gang Unit, executed two search warrants in Oshawa on Monday. During the searches, officers found cocaine, fentanyl, and MDMA. An unknown amount of cash, a revolver, and a vehicle were also seized. Stuart Buxton and John Mahone, both of Oshawa, are facing several drug trafficking charges. Mahone is also being charged with crimes related to the revolver both were held for a bail hearing and more has has yet to come out on that that has been your dc focus with adrian garcia and on to the next one
13: i'd like to buy the world a home and furnish
7: it with love grow up on trees and
11: Welcome to Derm's Corner, I am your host, Adrian Garcia. Coca-Cola, also known as Coke, but referring to it as such may be a little confusing, especially on radio, but I digress. We all know the addictive qualities of Coca-Cola, its unique taste transcending generations, borders, and even ideology in this story. Now, some of you history nerds like myself may know that right after the Second World War, the Western Allies consisting of the United States, Britain, France, and Canada, and a lot of more Western countries, against the Soviets that were immediately suspicious of each other right after the war. As the kind of the big bad guy in Europe was gone, so they had to kind of focus on someone else like, the you know, Stalin. The Allies saw the Russians occupying countries they fought rather than liberating them, and the Soviets were weary that the West would pose a threat to communism, thus creating the paranoia that would eventually become the Cold War. Now, rewind a little to a meeting between Supreme Commander of Allied Forces Dwight D. Eisenhower and Marshal of the Soviet Union Grigory Zhukov. And it's very at this very meeting that Eisenhower introduced the Soviet field marshal to the wonders of sugary carbonated water. And to say the least, Zhukov was hooked to the cola. Now fast forward to the end of the war and the first signs of hostilities between the Americans and the Russians in the Cold War. Coca-Cola was regarded as a symbol of American imperialism, in quotes, obviously. So that means Zhukov couldn't get his fix for his soda the normal way. So what is a man supposed to do to get his sweet, sweet cola? So through his connections, he sent a letter to American General Mark W. Clark, who was a commander of Allied-occupied Austria, who then passed this letter on to President Harry S. Truman, who then got his staff in contact with Coca-Cola Export Corporation. Now, how are you supposed to sneak almost 50 cases that were to be sent into essentially a totalitarian government that like searches everything that goes in? Especially not only that, but if this is going to be a field marshal, like top brass. This guy has so many medals on his uniform without raising suspicion. Well, the you clear the classic color from cola, make it like completely clear, re-bottle it all in glass vodka bottles with a little red star on the cap. So there, and it was sent. 50 cases and all were sent into the first shipment. Yes, you got more than one. <laughs> one weird co- consequence to come out all of this uh, was re- relaxation and regulations. On shipments of supplies and products of Coca-Cola Corp. Going through Soviet occupations, uh, it would typically take a lot longer for just goods in general to go through the border without paperwork and more paperwork and search. The Soviets were, loved their paperwork as they were mostly bureaucrats, um, but for Coca-Cola, that it they were never stopped. Coca-Cola uh, supplies, always well, we just went through. They saw that uh, that you know memorable, you know, red background, white letters. Or like, nah, let it through. And there it was. One man's love for Coca-Cola got a country just to relax, just a little bit, just to taste that sweet, sweet cola. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Durham Corner with me, Adrian Garcia. And I, I just wanted to say thank you so much again uh, for listening. Uh, this is probably going to be the finale of Durham's Corner. Um, I'm probably going to be hanging up the name. So I'll, I appreciate it if you've listened this long. And here's hoping that... Uh, once I graduate, uh, I'll be going on to bigger and better things. Um, but I am thankful for the opportunity that Riot Radio and Durham College has given me to air my stuff out for uh, for your listening pleasure. So uh, thank you again. Uh, I hope you have a good one. Uh, bye-bye. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're listening to DC Broadcasting, podcast produced by the Radio Broadcasting students at Durham College.